for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. And uh, man, have we had the rain here uh, today. Uh, I guess from what I read, there are seven storms that are out in the Atlantic that could turn into something. And, you know, I don't follow the weather that closely, but apparently the storm that we got hit by the last, you know, 24 hours or so is named Sally. Don't you love these names? So the storm is named Sally. And so I've been getting up about 5 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday and doing a bike ride because I'm getting ready for the triathlon. And I just got a new bike this week. I've never had a really nice, expensive bike. And now, you know, my bikes have been, I go to Walmart or Target and buy a bike, you know, two, $300. So I was able to buy a bike on Facebook marketplace that a bike that would normally sell for like $3,000 if I were to buy it new. And it's a few years used and all that, but I got a really great deal on it for just a few hundred bucks. But this bike, actually, it goes so fast. I'm afraid <laughs> I'm afraid when I get going fast on it. I mean, it probably goes 20 miles an hour. I mean, pedaling. It's just incredible what a, a great bike, a, a professional type bike will do compared to a bike you buy at Walmart or Target. But in any case, uh, back to the rain. It's been raining just unbelievable. Uh, so this morning, my alarm goes off at 5 a.m. I was going to get up and do the bike ride, and it just was pouring. I mean, the house was shaking. And we would, we would get these downpours, and then it would stop for an hour or two. Then we would get hit again. And the water's accumulating on the streets, a lot of you know flooding going on here. Uh, just more obnoxious just to have to stay in the house because you can't go outside because, I mean, it literally is raining so hard. We almost didn't go to church this morning because it was raining so hard. We were afraid maybe we'd get out there, we'd get stuck on I-95 or there'd be flooding on A1A. Uh, but we went, we made it to church and all that. Uh, so it seems like the rain isn't quite heavy enough and persistent enough to have caused any, any major flooding. But I guess this storm now goes on to, I guess, Louisiana. So there, there we go again, Louisiana. And then there are six more storms that are brewing out in the Atlantic. This is the time of the year that you really have to watch things. If you live uh, on the coast here, because this is when the really bad hurricanes can hit. And uh, so far, so good this season. We haven't had any uh, incident where I've had to put up the hurricane panels or any of that, but uh, there's still time. Uh, really all the way through maybe towards the end of October, we could still get hit by a hurricane. In any case, good to have everybody with us tonight. We've got a great show lined up for you. Of course, our first block here is news. We'll be talking about what's happening in the news. So much to get into tonight. And then in our guest segment, for those watching on the video feed, I'll go ahead and hold it up. There's the book, Hunting Charles Manson. And our guest tonight is Lee Wheel. You'll see here on the back of the book there. 
You probably recognize her because she was on Fox News for many years as a legal analyst uh, on Bill O'Reilly's show as well for many years. And uh, next week is going to be interesting. Uh, a guest we've never had before. His name is Matthew Lisiak, and he's got a book out about Matt Drudge. It's, it's a book called The Drudge Revolution. And I have so many questions about Drudge. Really just, I mean, how did the guy get started? How much money does his website bring in? Is he still as popular as he was a few years ago? And maybe most importantly, why Drudge seems to have turned on Donald Trump. Uh, he seems to be going after Trump with vigor in recent months. I'd like to know why. So this is going to be fascinating uh, next week as we talk about the book, The Drudge uh, Revolution. Okay, so in addition to my uh, triathlon training, I'm reading a book, and I want to make sure I give you the right title here. And I think it is. Uh, okay, why we... There it is. The book is called Why We Get Fat. And... Uh, it's a book. It's, it's a fascinating book because it gets into all the science of why we are fat. In fact, I've got my producer working on trying to get the author of that book on the show. But to make a long story short, it looks like I'm headed back to the keto diet. Uh, I did well on the keto diet. I lost 20 pounds pretty quickly, and then I got away from it. My sister lost something like, I don't know, 70 pounds or 80 pounds. And I'll be honest with you, I love carbs. I love carbs. So, you know, tonight we had spaghetti, but we used a, a spaghetti squash instead of pasta. Ugh, it wasn't as good. I'll be honest with you. And maybe it's that I'm a little bit rusty on my, my keto cooking skills. But, um, boy, this book makes some great points about how you're not going to lose the weight through exercise. You're just not. It, it's going to be what you eat. And, man, such great information. And it's all about carbs uh, which metabolize into sugar and all of that uh, causes stored fat. And it's just, uh, it's bad news. <laughs> if you love carbs, if you love pizza and pasta and bread and all of those things, which I, I was raised eating all of that. So it's back to the keto diet uh, for me. All right. So before we get into the news tonight, uh, so that we can be uh, commercial free, tonight's sponsor is VARS. And this is Virtual Asset Retirement System, my, my online business training program. And if you want to learn how to make money with virtual assets and intellectual property, you've got to check this out. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up tonight also is I've got a special new deal. And many, many, many of you have already jumped on it this week. So for 17 bucks, you can get a one-hour video, which really gives you like an overview of what the course is all about, including a bunch of ideas right away that you can use to make money. And I decided to call this the test drive. So for people that want to find out more and just try it out, I already have three lessons posted for free, but then I put this one hour video up there. So for 17 bucks, you can get the one hour video, which is kind of my fast start training program. And then you can see if this is for you or not. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think virtually every single person now that has done the $17 trial has signed up for the full course. Maybe, maybe everybody but one. It's going great. And I, I love giving people a chance to try it out. So if you want to find out more about my uh, online uh, training, it's, it's super popular. We took a break from it for a few years, but it's back. 
It's called VARS, the Virtual Asset Retirement System. If you want to learn how you can get an internet paycheck for life, check it out. VARSTraining.com. That's V like in Victor, A-R-S, VARSTraining.com. Tonight's sponsor, VARSTraining.com. All right, so if you're following what's happening with COVID and what the different states are doing and so forth. So Florida has been one of the less restrictive states. And starting tomorrow on Monday, the bars are going to reopen. Now, there's going to be some rules there. They've got to have 50% capacity, social distancing. All the patrons must be seated. So no standing around the bar, all of that. But uh, bars are reopening here. And one of the problems is in Florida here, um, we seem to have, we have people in government That's the case here locally where I live in Flagler County. We have these people in positions of power that seem to just be relentless, that they are never, ever going to let up on the restrictions. Uh, We have, for example, all of our city buildings are closed. They've been closed since March. I mean, we have beautiful city buildings that are available where people can go and take uh, fitness classes, where churches meet. All of those buildings have been locked up uh, solid since March. And when uh, people try to go to the local city commission meetings, um, what we're basically being told is you see what we're doing is working. Uh, in other words, there is no point at which this ends. Uh, it, it was first, let's flatten the curve. And now there is no point to where it ends there. They will not answer the question. When does it end? Because if you look at the charts, the deaths in Florida have dropped to virtually I mean, they're they're dropping to the point that it's virtually negligible on a daily basis. Almost no deaths uh, in Florida, if you look at the numbers and uh, the trend line. If you look at certain counties too, like Flagler County, where I live, we have almost nothing happening here in Flagler County. And when you bring that up to the powers that be our local government, they say, yeah, you see what we're doing is working. So we can't we can't go back to no masks or open anything back up again, because if we do, then things will spike. Well, things never spiked here, but this is now the problem is there is no exit. There is no exit strategy They're They're not even willing to really discuss any type of a threshold by which this would all end. It, it's just ongoing. And then Fauci came out today and he's talking about masks and restrictions through the end of 2021, through the end of 2021, this is just insanity to me. It's absolute insanity. I don't know. Maybe a lot of this will be resolved by the election. I don't know. You know, my fear is, you know, if Biden wins, he's talking about a nationwide mask, uh, you know, uh, requirement, just, just nationwide. I mean, what made sense to me was in the very beginning all of the experts seem to agree that we should look at this on a county by county basis. So if in a given county, uh, the numbers don't require it, then you can loosen things up in that county. But everything is now it's all changed. It's it's no longer flatten the curve. It's no longer. Let's look at the numbers. It's basically let's just keep all of this in place because you can't be too safe. And they're not. I mean, so many of these businesses that are closed are never reopening and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And all of this, uh, you know, moratoriums on uh, foreclosures and moratoriums on evictions. I don't know how you unwind that. I don't know how you take a person who hasn't paid rent since March 
and somehow set a date and say, okay, in 30 days, you've got to start paying rent again. And then what about the back rent that they still owe? Do they have to pay that back? Who pays that? I mean, how does the landlord deal with that? The same thing with foreclosures. I don't know how you uh, unwind this. Uh, this just can't keep going. And there seems to be in some areas with some of local officials, no end to it. Just no end to it. They won't even discuss what the threshold would be to end the requirements, which is what makes it absolutely crazy. All right. If you haven't been watching the news, there was a shocking ambush in Compton, California, on two Los Angeles police department officers. Now, the LAPD officers were reportedly just sitting in their vehicle when one, and now reports are possibly a second uh, shooter. We don't know that yet, but there was one shooter for sure, maybe a second shooter, uh, just ran up to the vehicle. Both officers were shot in the head, which is just tragic, but they're both still alive, which is an amazing miracle. An amazing miracle. Now, if that's not shocking enough, just an out-and-out out ambush on police officers, protesters quickly arrived at the hospital, blocking the hospital entrance. When these officers were being brought in by ambulance, protesters attempted to block the ambulances at the entrance to the hospital, chanting, we hope you die. I am not kidding you. This is where we are right now as a country. Just an, just an absolute ambush on two police officers. Apparently, they're both parents. They both have children. Uh, they're both just 14 months on the job. They were both part of the same graduating police academy class, uh, just sitting in their cruiser and were ambushed. Uh, and both are still alive, which is a miracle. But this unreal reaction protesters attempting to block the hospital entrance chanting we hope you die unreal uh weather underground terrorist bill Ayers. you remember bill Ayers, the mentor of barack obama uh bill Ayers uh is saying the civil war has already begun in the united states and i think he's probably right i think he's probably right it is just outrageous what is happening and this is what happens this is what happened in dallas when all those police officers were shot uh, this is what happens when the media spins this lie the lie that police officers are driving around looking to be able to shoot minorities yes there are isolated incidents of police misconduct there are we we certainly don't doubt that on this program that there are isolated incidents but but look at this. Most police officers, I think it's over 90 percent, have never discharged their weapon in their entire career. The statistics do not back up this narrative that the police are driving around looking to shoot minorities. Now, that is the narrative that the media has been pushing to the point now that this kind of thing is happening, where two LAPD officers are ambushed in their vehicle and uh, are fighting for their lives. And I asked this question today on my social media. Will the professional sports franchises, will they cancel a game or two in honor of these two police officers that are fighting for their lives, who are just innocent victims sitting in their cruiser? They weren't attempting to make an arrest. God forbid that the police should try to arrest people that are reaching for knives 
when 911 is called and people are accused of rape, and then they show up on the scene and people are reaching for knives in their vehicle. God forbid the police would try to, to defend themselves or arrest the person in that situation. That isn't what happened here. Two LAPD officers sitting in their cruiser are ambushed and are fighting for their lives. Do we hear the professional athletes doing anything, speaking out about this, boycotting games? Nothing, nothing. Now, Colin Kaepernick, uh, apparently today, this was from Yahoo Sports, is calling out the NFL. So after all the stuff they've done, uh, the Black National Anthem to start the games, BLM in the end zones, uh, the names of um, the people that are so the so-called victims on the helmets, even though these are people like, uh, you know, individuals who clearly uh, were not, in my opinion, uh, heroes or people to be celebrated. Uh, for example, like Jacob Blake, who is reaching for a knife, according to all reports. Uh, but all of that that the NFL has done, according to Colin Kaepernick, not enough, not good enough. Uh, he is apparently all of the BLM related things that they did today uh, were not enough for him. Uh, just doesn't even scratch the surface. So see, this is the problem. And we've said this now for months, there'll never be enough. There will never be enough. There's never going to be enough things. This is, you know, if you ask these BLM people, what can we do for this to stop for the rioting and the burning and the looting? What, what is the threshold? There is no answer. They don't want this to stop. There is no, nothing we can do. Uh, even these areas where they have cut police funding and uh, reduced police budgets, it's still going on. There is nothing that can be done that will make these people ultimately happy. And of course, you know, as I've said, we agree. There are cases, isolated cases of police misconduct. Those should be prosecuted. All police officers should have body cams. We need to see those videos. Police officers uh, commit crimes. They should be prosecuted like everybody else. We've always said no one is above the law. No one is above the law. If you're a politician, if you're a police officer, whoever, uh, you, you commit a crime, uh, you, pay, you pay the price. Uh, so we're certainly not defending police misconduct. But the idea now that all police officers are targets like these LAPD officers and they can be ambushed in their car. This is just it's gotten to the point of insanity. All right. Uh, former CIA officer says, quote, violence will explode if Trump wins reelection. And I, I think this guy is probably right. And, and I've I've been asking this to a lot of my friends for months now. You know, what happens I mean, in this environment we're in, where mayors are okay with BLM burning down their entire city, and that's okay. You know, let's just let them do that. What happens in this environment where all of this violence is being permitted? What happens if Trump gets reelected? Do you remember four years ago, all the snowflakes crying and weeping and wailing? What are, we, what are they going to do this year? If... I, you know, I hate to say this, but part of me thinks, well, maybe it would be better if Trump didn't win. Maybe it would be better for the country because we wouldn't have to go through what that's going to be. But I don't think that's the answer. I mean, obviously, that's uh, maybe better for one night or one, or one week of protesting or one month of protesting. Uh, but can you imagine what Joe Biden would do to this country? I, I, I just can't even imagine. 
how bad of a president Joe Biden would be. But then on the other hand, I think if Trump wins, what are these people going to do? And we've got generals now going on the record talking about removing Trump from office. I mean, at what point does the Constitution get shredded in this country? I mean, we are just living in in perilous, perilous times. And I, I really wonder, you know, that election night, I mean, if Trump wins, can you imagine? Can you imagine what goes up in flames that night if Trump is reelected? Just unreal. CIA, a former CIA officer predicts violence will explode. A California Supreme Court judge grants an injunction barring John MacArthur and Grace Community Church from meeting indoors. Now, here's the context of this, because I know some people would say, look, a church, a restaurant, a theater, they're all under the same restrictions. So why should a church be treated any differently? Well, first of all, a church has special protections in the Constitution, number one. But number two, these are areas where the BLM protesters are being allowed to to uh, amass these protests where they're elbow to elbow by the by the hundreds, by the thousands. And this is being allowed. But then you're telling a church that they can't meet. You know, this is really the problem. You're saying people can go to Walmart and Sam's Club and Costco and these other places. But you're saying that people can't go to church. And this has been going on for months. And even in California, they're limiting people meeting in homes. I believe it's more than 10 people cannot congregate in a home for a small group Bible study. And, uh, you know, I'm with John MacArthur on this. I mean, there's a point at which as a church, you have to stand up and you have to say, I don't care if we're fined. I don't care if if I, as the pastor, am arrested. Uh, We're going to meet and we've got to uh, uh, stand up against this. Uh, you know, California is, is a mess. I I saw this uh, today, uh, headline goodbye, California for the first time in a decade, more people leave the state of California than arrive. And I've been saying this for years. In fact, I I've been wrong for years because I've been saying there, look, they keep raising taxes. They keep having all of these crime problems. Um, all of these fires, now they don't have enough power. The power's going off at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's like you're in Ecuador or something. Uh, I've been saying people are going to leave. People are going to leave. Well, you know, you know what I think really was the tipping point was the nationwide epiphany that we had. We had this nationwide epiphany that we could all work from our homes. Now, if you can work from home for your tech company, you don't have to buy a $1 million two bedroom house that was built in 1950 uh, to live in the San Francisco Bay area. You don't have to walk through crap and urine to get to your office. You can live in Des Moines, Iowa. You could live down here on the beach in Florida with me. You could live anywhere. And these companies are realizing this, that the cost of all of this real estate, the, the cost of compensation, think about compensation. If your employee has to buy a million dollar house to work for you, I mean, where do you start the salary negotiations? I mean, just the mortgage to carry that house is 10 or 12 grand a month. So, so right away, your minimum for that person is probably a quarter million dollars uh, to get that person, uh, you know, in the door. But think about how much money could be saved. So this is the, really the end of California. It's not just the fires. It's not the water shortages. It's not the power shortages. It really, I think came down to this whole matter of people being able to work remotely and uh, the cost 
in terms of compensation, in terms of, of buildings. And then just, you know, enough is enough. I mean, when, when you look at the uh, what's happened, for example, Venice Beach has turned into a homeless camp. Uh, it, it becomes you, you reach a tipping point where people say, I'm not doing this anymore. And the problem with the real estate there, if you're somebody that got in a million dollars for a two bedroom house built in the 1950s, and I'm not exaggerating, that's what people are paying and still driving 45 minutes to an hour into San Francisco for their, you know, tech job. You got in at a million dollars, you know, what's that property going to be worth in six months or a year? So maybe you need to sell and get out now. So I think the bubble has officially burst in California with real estate prices. And we really have reached this tipping point, more people leaving uh, than coming in to California. All right. This story is out of New Hampshire, which is where my daughter lives. So this is a little bit scary. I'm going to read this to you twice because there's so many descriptors here. You're not going to get it unless I read it to you twice. Transsexual Satanist anarchist whose slogan is F the police wins the GOP nomination for New Hampshire County Sheriff. This is near Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, this individual, I'm not kidding. I'm going to say it again. Transsexual Satanist anarchist. Now this is self-description. This is not hyperbole from somebody describing them. Transsexual Satanist anarchist whose campaign slogan is F the police wins the GOP nomination uh, for that county near uh, Keene, New Hampshire. <laughs> Unbelievable. And Facebook is under fire uh, for keeping the Antifa page up while eliminating pages of right wing groups. Uh, you know, this is the problem with, uh, you know, the, this, you know, Zuckerberg goes before Congress. Uh, everybody's treating treated fairly. We don't allow violence. We don't uh, take sides left or right, uh, liberal, conservative. Uh, it, it, this is what is said. But then when you look at this, uh, you know, Antifa, their Facebook page, and a lot of these riots are organized over Facebook as well. And, and don't be misled. Facebook is definitely part of fueling all of these these riots these so-called peaceful riots where millions of dollars in buildings are burned where police officers are shot where they're using fireworks as weapons against police officers uh, facebook is continuing to allow antifa to have a facebook page which just tells you the whole story i mean when you realize uh, you know, the next time you post something on Facebook and it gets taken down, which happens to me probably five or six times a week. And all I'm doing is just sharing news stories typically from mainstream news sources. And uh, I mean, totally truthful, verified information. And I'll get the message that uh, we're taking this news story down. Uh, our fact checkers say it's not true. I got a news story taken down because they said it wasn't that it wasn't true. But they said that the, um, uh, the, the, the perspective that it shared was not accurate. In other words, the story itself was true. All the facts were true. But the takeaway that the writer had from this information, they disagreed with. And, and yet Facebook will tell you they do not, um, they do not police 
uh, or censor opinion based articles, which they take down things regularly on me uh, that are opinion based articles. Uh, so you're not even allowed to have your opinion anymore on Facebook if you're a conservative, but uh, Antifa can keep their Facebook page. All right, so that is it for our new segment. I hope you'll stand by. We're super excited to have her with us tonight. Lise Wheel is here to talk about her book, Hunting Charles Manson. We'll take a one-minute break and refire the open, and we'll be back with our special guest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> 